0: podcast sports edition this is your host tyler wood thank you for joining us today on this thursday morning just want to let everybody know before we go any further, if you're listening to this and you're looking for the the politics edition, there is no politics episode today on the podcast. Nothing's really, not too much has changed between now and Tuesday, so didn't want to push something out and keep talking about the same stuff. Like I said in the last one, if you listened, want to keep stuff fresh for you, and there's just not really anything different right now, so I don't want to kind of just be repetitive like some of these shows and podcasts that you listen to, so that's not no episode today with that. We'll have some more when we'll have some more information on that when stuff obviously changes. We should have definitely something for you by the time the next political podcast episode rolls around, which should probably be Monday unless something big happens, which you possibly could see an episode for that Saturday. So it, it just depends on what happens on that front. But with that said, though, we do know there's been a lot that's been going on in sports, so we got plenty of that to break down today. We're gonna break down just the first two games of the World Series to kind of give you. An idea of what's happened in that, and then we're going to go from there, Give you talk about a little bit of the news breaking out of the NFL, and then look at, at the NBA about five games in for just about every team now at this point. Going to look at probably about two, two teams on, I think, today is what we're going to look at, just two, and then talk about them and just what they're... I guess outlook for the season looks like after just our first five games of the year, just picking two teams that I think one's in trouble. And I think one's that's got very good upside that a lot of people didn't talk about. So uh, just some, just some new stuff bringing up to the forefront. But with that said, going to try to j- jump right into the world series and what's been going on there. And if you paid attention at all, which you, probably have at this point see that the Astros were able to tie the series in game two last night after coming in down 1-0 the Braves were able to jump out early in game one never looked back able to take game one but devastation hit for the Braves they lost their starting pitcher in that game, Charlie Morton, who's now broke his bone in his leg, his fibula, and so now he's out for the remainder of the World Series, and that is a huge blow to the Braves, because they had a, a pretty good pitching advantage coming into this series, and now, I mean, they still probably have the advantage, I would say, looking at how, how deep they are, but this does definitely put a big, major, glaring hole in that now, because Morton was really just their go-to, was their one that they, I mean, has experience. I mean, he's older and has just done a phenomenal job when he's been in there and was doing great up to that point. And then the, the crazy part is he was able to come in and continue to pitch after he had already been hit with the line drive and was still able to pitch throwing, you know, fastballs at 96 miles an hour. And, I mean, it was almost 20 pitches later before he even came out. So, I mean, that was just crazy just to see the toughness that he had. And, obviously, you see if that's bothering him. And it was it was obviously bad. So, you knew if it was bo- if he was going to have to come out, something was wrong. So, that obviously hurt for the Braves. But they were able to pull that out because of their bullpen. They just did a good job in that, that uh, game one. Now, game two, like I said, it was kind of just a – it was basically like a – Just flip flip the teams in those two scenarios. I mean, the the Astros didn't lose anybody, but their pitching was great. Urquidy did a great job, able to pitch five innings, had seven strikeouts, only gave up two runs during that time frame. So he did a great job. What what they would want, especially with them trying to piece together their lineup due to some pitchers being out for them due to injury. So that's exactly what they wanted. Jose Altuve was great for them, had a home run in that game, and – just really, I mean, he did what they were, they expect him to do, like he's done all postseason. But on, like I said, on the flip side, talking about the Braves and this one, pitching was just definitely down in this, and that's why this is kind of where you're looking at the Charlie Morton losses even more now because. After that, a lot of people were saying, oh, at least they still got Max Freed. He can do a good job. He can take care of it. Well, the problem is, though, Max Freed comes into this game, and he does not do great at all. He pitched for five innings, gave up, gave up seven hits. Gave up six runs, and I mean, that's just been, that was kind of consistent with what happened when he played, well, his last game he started when he played against the Dodgers, Braves lost 11-2, to gave up five runs in that before he was pulled, so that's not a good track record right now if you're the Braves, you're sitting there with your number two pitcher, at least who you thought was your number two pitcher, has not done a good job in the, so far in the, at least the last two games, so uh you're, if you're the braves, at least the good thing you got going for you you 're at least going back home for games three, four, and five, so you definitely know that you're playing three straight games at home, so you got that type of advantage, but they got to come out being more aggressive <clears throat> well let me let me rephrase that they got to be aggressive in game three and try to come out with, come out early and come out strong like they did in game one, but I felt like a lot in this game two, they were very Very aggressive going after early pitches instead of being more patient. And sometimes it just felt like they weren't, I mean, they weren't getting what they wanted. And so I think that kind of hurt them, not able to really get off the ground to start the to really start that game out but the Astros obviously did the the complete opposite were able to get going ended up pulling out the victory in that so you got a dead even series now and this doesn't seem like it's going to be a short series by by any means at this point so we at least know it's going five i already said i think it would go six but just seeing how both teams match up they're very they're both very good they both i mean they both match up very well so i wouldn't be surprised to see this possibly even go game 7 And so by that, though, I mean, you got the Astros got the last two games at home. That's asking a lot for the Braves. So I really feel like if the Braves are going to really pull this series out, they're going to at least have to win two out of the three that they're going to be at home and at least go back to Houston if they have to, at least up three to two. So I said Braves in six. I'm going to stick to it. Hopefully it, it works out. But after losing Charlie Morton and this one, not seeing Max Fried do a great job. And just kind of, if you're an Atlanta fan like myself, or if you're just anybody who's watching this and analyzing the game, you're kind of sitting uneasy now because they've really got some holes where you thought they were going to really shine. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. Though, Uh, Game Three, they're expecting Ian Anderson to start. At least that was what has been said already. We'll see what that what the actual report is when it comes out closer to game time tomorrow night. So we'll keep you updated with that when more, obviously when more games are played, when more information becomes available, and you can obviously, if you want more on the World Series, we'll have breaking news for you on that, on our social media pages, on our website, so you can definitely look for all that there, but, that's the World Series for now. Should be great a great series the rest of the way. Fully expecting it to be a great series. But moving on from there, had some news that broke last night. JJ Watt in, in the NFL for the Cardinals is out is more than likely out for the season after shoulder surgery that hit, that is scheduled for upcoming for probably about the next upcoming week. I think they said it was. So here they are right now. The Cardinals, obviously, you know, are undefeated playing the like, the best team in the league. I mean, they're 7-0 right now, and then all of a sudden you get this, that J.J. Watt was already ruled out for this game, and then now you find out he's out for more than likely the season. They're saying he's going to need three months recovery time, which basically puts it right now it's late October, so you're looking at November, January. I mean, November, December, January, and obviously that does not put you in a good time frame with how things look. So, looking like he's going to miss most of the season. This is definitely this definitely hurts the Cardinals obviously who's needed him on the defensive line. Who's done a great job this year. He's been part of that strong defense that has helped them jump out to this 7-0 start. And obviously their offense has done a great job as well with Kyler Kyler Murray leading that ship and just what they what they've done on that side of the ball, but the defense has just really carried them. But the good news for the Cardinals is the fact that they still got Chandler Jones there. They still got some really good defenders there. So they're not definitely not out of the picture by any means. But when you lose the type of player like JJ Watt, that definitely becomes concerning. That definitely hurts. And so it's they got the Packers coming up now, so and Thursday night, so or just tonight, excuse me. And so that should be a really good matchup. I mean for control of the NFC. So gonna be a big matchup, but it's gonna be interesting to see how that line How they change stuff up front due to losing J.J. Watt, if you know what type of packages they run at that point. So we'll see because they're going to have to get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers if they're really going to mess him up. Because Green Bay's playing well, as playing great as well. They're six and one now, so I mean they haven't lost. I I think they lost their first one. I think it was first or second one. So they've won a lot of games in a row. They're playing great football, and Aaron Rodgers is obviously playing good football. And he just seems. I mean, I know they had the dispute with in the off season between Rodgers and the Packers but they uh they seem to have really worked things out. He seems happy there now. Honestly I don't know what happen completely that changed stuff but seems like a good situation there in green bay so if the cardinals aren't careful green bay could definitely take this one so it's going to be a big matchup for that but like i said jj Watt out most likely for the rest of the season definitely going to to hurt the cardinals a, a good bit but like i said at the same time though if you're a cardinals fan don't worry you still got plenty of good defenders there your, your offense is still going to be elite like it has been you probably don't have A ton to worry about but that type of depth can probably hurt you later on down the road when you get into the playoffs and you got guys that are already banged up so that's where it could hurt you right now you should be fine you're obviously seven and oh so you already almost gotten to the halfway point of the season completely fine and unscathed completely you're seven and oh so uh but like i said this would be more of a See how it plays out long term, but for now it'll be be interesting to watch and see how they respond. But other than that, kind of going through this stuff quick, just wanted to get a little short episode out today. Um, just make sure you have something. I know it seems stuff's kind of been short here on our podcast episodes other than Tuesday, but and we had to cancel one last week. It's just schedule's been absolutely crazy trying to keep up with it, but definitely want to make sure y'all have some sports news have some political news we will have polit- more political news on monday like i already said if not saturday we will see how that goes but moving on from there final just topic up for the day you're going to talk about two nba teams and what's been going on with them first one we're going to talk about is the lakers and i'm going to kind of look at their game they played against the thunder last night and just did not go, well, at first it looked like the Lakers were absolutely going to blow the roof off of this game, they were up 41-19 after the end of the first quarter, ended up going up by 26 at one point, and ended up completely blowing it and losing the lead in that third quarter, going into the fourth, and just could never recover, ended up losing the game by eight, so... I know what some people are gonna say, some people are thinking, there's some analysts that are out there that are gonna say, Well, it's just early part of the season. This is only their this is only their fifth game of the year. They're still trying to work in pieces. LeBron was out for this game. Okay, those are all true, but at the same time though, you still got a problem with Russell Westbrook and you still you now you got a major problem with your defense as well. That's not something one I definitely did not expect a problem with the defense, but obviously Russell Westbrook and his style of play is just you come to expect what comes, you know, what comes out of it. And in this one I like to make fun of it but he looks I mean it looks like his stat line he had a quadruple double because he had a triple double but then he added a had 10 turnovers along with it. So that's really what's killed the Lakers a good bit too and especially I mean and just a lot of their games is you've seen how many turnovers that Westbrook has had and it's I mean it's killing the Lakers. I mean he's averaging roughly about 6 turnovers a game just in 5 games to start the season. And I know he's trying to fit in there and I know he's trying to be aggressive and try to find his spot there but he, I mean that's just bad. I mean you got other playmakers that are on the floor that you don't have to f- constantly force the, you know force the option there. Because I mean you got LeBron who can be a playmaker. You got Rondo who's your backup. I mean you don't have to always try to force something. But I mean this is the last two games especially he's definitely forced a lot. And so I know some people, they're going to look at the stats. Oh, he had 20 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists. I could care less about that, especially, I mean, I know for a fact the coaches could, the coaches at the Lakers could care less about that because when you have 10 turnovers, it really just deflates your whole performance because he had that type of stat line but was still a negative 12 and a plus minus for the night. So while he was on the floor, the Lakers were outscored by 12 the whole night. And for a guy who has that type of tri- triple-double should never happen, but when you have 10 turnovers, that's the result you get. So, like I said, you knew what you were going to get with Russell Westbrook. I didn't think his turnover problems were going to be this bad, but it just seems like it's even been more magnified with LeBron being out the last two games. And obviously he'll get healthy and they'll come back. And I still think they'll figure stuff out uh, more so. But I think the part that's concerning me the most is the fact that the Lakers' defense hasn't shown up one bit at all. I mean, they're giving up constantly in the 120s. They did it the other night with San Antonio. They do it here with the Thunder. I mean it's just it's just not good defense whatsoever they're they're out of their positions they're not communicating well and we even saw earlier like the second game of the year we saw Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard get into it over a defensive mis- miscommunication so i mean you know you got some problems on that side of the ball when it's translating even over to the sidelines and It's just surprising because Frank Vogel has been a very defensive minded coach. He did that. He was like that when he was with the Pacers. He's been like that since he you know took over the Lakers, and that's what the Lakers in twenty twenty won their championship on was their defensive performance. And I mean they've just been a defensive team since he's been there, and obviously, like I said, five games. This is what i would call my overreaction but it's just not something that you ex- you would expect you would think coming into it you'd want to enforce those principles really get down to it and then maybe you know after about 10 20 games into the season you see the defense start to slip a little bit they have a little bit of time where they just don't play they play a the middle of the road and then they fix it again kind of just up and down with the season but they're just starting out terrible i mean just in the third quarter alone of this game against the thunder they gave up 41 points so and then it was just thirty seven in the second quarter right before it, so just in that second and third quarter, I mean you give up i mean roughly seventy eight points so i mean that's that's terrible i mean that's that's awful. And so fixing it, I mean, you got the players to be able to do it. You got probably one of the better defensive players in the league, and Anthony Davis there. Obviously, when LeBron gets back, LeBron hasn't been as good a defender as he used to be in his younger days, but he's still a decent defender. Russell Westbrook has every tool in his belt to be able to be a good defender. You got bigs like DeAndre Jordan. I mean, you got Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore used to be a decent defender. I don't. He seemed like his defensive game has kind of fallen off a little bit. That could just be for lack of trying, lack of practice, I don't know, but they all got plenty of players there that are good defenders. I mean Dwight Howard, he's a good defender as well. They just gotta figure it out, and I mean I say I know it's like I said, I know it's early they don't have to figure it out right away, but for this type of stuff where you're giving up forty one in the third quarter and thirty seven in the second quarter. You have to figure that out now because that's habits that if it gets – because it's happened multiple times already, but if it keeps happening, you're just reinforcing bad habits, and that would translate over to the to the latter part of the season. Because even, even LeBron says it, it's all about now starting to make the good habits now so that it becomes easy to keep those habits later on during the year, and that's true. And that's what championship level teams do. But if you're reinforcing these type of bad habits where your defense is terrible and you're you're just trying to play offensive ball and try to keep you know within arm's reach of the game, you're not going to win many games that way. Like I said, I fully expect them to turn around at some point, but this could definitely be something to watch just because of the glaring weakness that we've seen them have in just the, the early part of the season. So. Moving on, next team I want to talk talk about real quick. That To me, that the Lakers have been kind of my disappointment because I thought they would be a little bit better. The team that I think has been an overachiever, one that I have been interested to keep up with, has been the Minnesota Timberwolves and keeping up with them. And the best thing that the Timberwolves could have possibly lucked into, well, I wouldn't really necessarily say lucked into, they were a terrible team, got number one pick in the draft, but they got Anthony, not the number one pick, excuse me, They got Anthony Edwards in this draft, and he has been absolutely phenomenal coming out of Georgia. He's, I mean, since he's came in, even since I would say the second half of last year up to this point now, he's averaging over 20-plus points a game, and he's just a good defender. He's high energy, and it obviously translates to the rest of his team. And, now, with D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards all together, all healthy, all ready to go first season fully together, you're starting to see some of that come together. And they're not playing bad defense as well. So that's definitely helped. And they got some good bench players that are coming in, giving them good minutes. You got Torian Prince. I mean, just in this game last night against Milwaukee, he was plus 12 while he was on the floor. So that's really good. And then you just got guys that are coming right in off the bench in this, you know. From their team, you got McLaughlin, who was, well, he was negative six. You got Beasley, he was plus seven. You got Patrick Beverly, he was plus three. Like I said, you had Torian Torian Prince, he was plus 12. So you're, you're looking good coming off the bench, and then obviously you got your starters who are obviously giving you plus seven, plus three, plus two. So you're obviously getting good production just out of everybody, and that's what you want. But for them, that three has really carried it and you're seeing the team just come together because it was just after their first loss you saw Anthony Edwards talk about how it was their job as the the three main focus of that team between those three players their big 3 if you if you want to call it that that they need it's their job to get everybody else more involved when it comes to you know spreading the ball around, because you're seeing that they are taking a lot of shots. I mean, just between all of them, you had Anthony Edwards takes 24 in this matchup against the Bucks. You had Carl Anthony Towns take 13. You had D'Angelo Russell take 25. So I mean, that's a lot of shots just between them. And then the next highest player outside of them was six from Patrick Beverly, and then Vanderbilt. Uh, so I mean, just the rest of their the rest of their teammates are not taking many shots. So they definitely do have to get them more involved and that was obviously something that they've already seen and that's something they talk about and it's out in the open and that they're not afraid to address it so with good teams that's the type of communication you have and you're seeing it they're able to address it and they're able to help Start working on it here. This one, I mean, obviously it was kind of the same scenario They still that's taking the majority of the shots. They didn't quite get everybody involved, but they wanted to. And you can obviously see it was something that they're working on, but to be able to take down a team like Milwaukee at home, that's a big win, especially for a young Timberwolves team that's going to continue to grow. The only thing for me with this with this group here is just seeing if Carl Anthony Towns is finally going to take his game to another level. We know he's good. We know he's been he can be dominant at times, but there's a lot of times where he likes to shy away and not be the man. So I'm interested to see if he can finally do that because I would say out of those three, it's going to come down between Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns who's going to be the best player on that team. And right now the way it looks like things are leaning, it looks like Anthony Edwards is because he's definitely more vocal. He's been, I mean, one of the more vocal uh, younger players I've seen in a while. But, I mean, his obviously his game does a lot of talking for him as well. So... To me, that's the way it seems like it's trending, so I mean Carl Anthony Towns has been in the league for a good while now, so if he's going to next, if he's going to do that it's it's time for him to finally step in and and do that, but it's going to be interesting to see, but like I said, I felt like they've been a very high overachiever just in the first couple of games of the of the season, and definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them get a playoff spot this year as long as they continue to play the way they are and like I said, defensively for them, it's been a lot better too, so if they can continue to keep that up, that's definitely going to help them but with that said, though, that's what I got for you today. Like I said, just a short episode. I want to kind of give you some information on what's been going around on all the different sports. But with that said, though, we will have our preview and predictions article for the college football weekend coming out tomorrow at 10 o'clock like normal. And then on Saturday, we will have our preview and predictions podcast episode for you to listen to on those games that we talk about in our preview predictions article. That way you can listen to it and we can kind of break it down a little bit deeper than what we can in the article. Cause we don't have time to write every single thing we want to say in those articles. It's just a brief, brief snippet and make sure it's on paper. So people can kind of glance over it. So those will be coming out. Be sure to look for those that'll be coming out on our website at therevolutionsports.com, And obviously you can find the podcast episode and any of the, any of your podcast providers you listen to, and uh, just be looking out for that stuff. Got more content that's obviously going to be coming up. Schedule should be slowing down here a little bit more here soon, so I should have more content ramping up here soon. Definitely going to be doing some new things here. Got some better, like I would say, more uh, subject-oriented shows that are going to be coming up, some more in-depth looks at some different aspects, especially in the political realm coming up. So going to be a lot of stuff coming out, but be on the lookout for it. But with that said, thank you for joining us today in this episode, and we will see you in the next one we